Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts, and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference. Welcome to another episode of the show about science. This is your host, Nate. Today, we're going to learn about cockroaches, an interesting insect that's often misunderstood. Don't bug out yet, because I've got a very cool guest that I'd like you to meet. So let's get this show started. Welcome to the show about science, Dominic. Thank you for having me. So could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, My name is Dominic Evangelista, and I'm a biologist. Specifically, I'm an evolutionary biologist, which means I study the evolutionary history of organisms. And specifically, what I do in my research is I study the evolutionary history of cockroaches. cockroaches. So what is the evolutionary history of cockroaches? That's a good question. So it's a really long history. Um, Cockroaches have been around on our planet for 200 to 250 million years. And that's a really long time. It's not as long as uh, what some people thought before. So there's been a bit of a controversy in the past about um, how old cockroaches are. And some people thought that they went back to 350 million years old um, because from the fossil record of that time, there were lots of fossils that we thought looked like cockroaches. But people did some more research on those and found out that they're actually the ancestors of cockroaches and some other insects. Mm. Yeah, they're actually the ancestors of both cockroaches and praying mantises. Wow. Even though they look like cockroaches. Wait, praying mantises and cockroaches are related? They are, actually. That is one connection that I would not have guessed. I know, right? So, what, like, why, why is that so surprising to you? Well, it's because a praying mantis is green and its body shape is pretty long. It's got these big little legs and its body shape is tilted up a little more, whereas the cockroach is flat and it's brown and... It bolts. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, those are really good observations. Um, yeah. <laughs> they do look really different from each other at first glance. And the reason why they are so different is because uh, they are adapted for doing different kinds of things. So praying mantises in particular are adapted for being predators. So they like to sit on plants and they camouflage themselves really well. That's why they're green. So they're camouflaging with their plants and they have really good eyesight so they can see when their prey is in front of them. And they have those long, 
front arms that allow them to snatch. <laughs> yeah, snatch, reach out and snatch and kill all the bugs that come close to it. So, yeah, they're really modified because they've adapted to that different behavior, whereas cockroaches have a different behavior where they, they don't eat live things very much. They usually eat dead things. And so they live in dead stuff. They live in the uh, you know, dead leaves on the forest floor, or they live in little nooks and crannies in the treetops uh, where there might be some you know, dead leaves or dead animals, and they eat those things. And so their bodies are adapted for a different purpose. So, like, mantises are more like predators and cockroaches are more scavengers that will eat literally anything. Because when I was doing some research for this, there were multiple videos that talked about how cockroaches would eat, like, fingernails and hair, and they would cannibalize, and that they liked um, rotten meat more than preserved meat, and basically they would eat anything. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. So there are lots of accounts of them eating really weird things, and to be honest, sometimes people like to exaggerate a little bit about the ways that cockroaches can live. And it's true that they maybe uh, will eat a fingernail or some hair or something like that, but they wouldn't be able to live on that uh, for their whole lives, right? They do need some specific kinds of food sometimes. But yeah, when they need to, they can eat like cardboard or uh, oh. yeah, some rotten food. Yeah. And so... When I was doing research for this episode, my mom and dad were watching some of the videos with me, and uh, mm -hmm. my mom freaked out a little. So were your parents' reactions to you um, studying cockroaches similar, different? So tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, most people don't really understand why somebody would be interested in cockroaches. Um, yeah, my, my parents don't particularly like them. Uh, my wife didn't like them very much when she first saw them, but actually um, we've gone out into the field and collected cockroaches, and she's pretty good at it, and she's not afraid of them anymore. It doesn't take very much practice. You get the hang of it pretty quickly. If, um, when you see a cockroach, if you're determined to grab it, you can just take a deep breath, and grab it, and then you realize that it's not so bad. Cockroaches are not dangerous. They can bite, but you can't really feel their bite. It doesn't hurt very much. Um, some of them have pointy spines on their legs, but they're usually not very sharp, uh, and they don't use them to, to try to hurt you. They're, they just use them to move around. And actually, lots of people have cockroaches as pets because they are very good pets because they're easy to take care of. Um, even though some of them are fast and difficult to handle, they don't fly very well, so they're pretty easy to keep contained. And some of them are kind of attractive, even though the ones that we normally see in our daily lives or on the internet um, are not attractive. There are some species that are kind of cute. So, with so many different species of cockroaches, what makes a cockroach a cockroach? That's a very important question and a difficult one to answer. But I'm glad that you that you knew that there are many species of cockroaches. Do you know how many there are? Um, like 
3,500. That's a really good guess. That is very close. There's um, about 5,500 species of cockroaches, but also there are 2,000 or so species of termites. termites. And the reason why I mention that is because termites are actually one kind of cockroach. What? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So if you add together the termites and the cockroaches, that makes um, like 7,000 species or so. 7,000 species or so. Wow. <laughs> Okay, back to your question. Your question was really good. And it'll tie into the, the question I'm sure you have now, which is why do we say that termites and cockroaches are the same thing? Yeah. <laughs> so what, what makes those the same thing is that they have a common ancestor. Hmm. Okay, so you know that humans and chimpanzees, we share a common ancestor. Um, in fact, humans and all apes share a common ancestor, and that's what makes them apes is that they have a common ancestor, and then that common ancestor from that one species, uh, over time, there grew to be many more species. And so we call all those species apes. So cockroaches and termites are the same. They had a single common ancestor, and then all of those descendants of that common ancestor species, we call cockroaches. And what specifically do they have in common? Well, uh, like you pointed out before, cockroaches are very flat, they don't stand up like praying mantises do. Praying mantises kind of stand upwards, whereas cockroaches are very flat against the ground, and termites do the same thing. Cockroaches have a body part called a pronotum, which is a shield. A shield is a better term for it. It's this little hard disc that is part of their skeleton, their exoskeleton, their shell, uh, and it's behind their head. In fact, a lot of people think that this is the head because it's very big and round. That's at the front, but it's actually not. It's the shield. Mm. And so all cockroaches have a shield that is wide. And termites have it too, but in termites it's just a little shrunken down a little bit. It's a little smaller. Cockroaches have legs that are specifically used for running and walking forward, whereas praying mantises, as you said before, have uh, legs that are made for catching insects. So these are the characteristics that all cockroaches and termites share that show that they are part of the same group, that they all share a common ancestor. Okay, so what do we know about that common ancestor? Ooh, now, now that's, a, that's a really cool question because we don't know. And the only way we could know for sure is if we had a time machine. Did, now, you, you've talked to some physicists before on this show, right? Yeah. Did you ever talk about time travel? I'm not sure, but I don't think so. Well, maybe it's something you can ask for the next physicist that you have on the show. Okay. But I believe, I'm not, I'm not a physicist, so I'm not 100% sure. I was hoping that you would know for sure, but I believe that time travel is not possible. Yeah. So, we can never really go back and find out what that common ancestor looked like. But we can infer, we can guess some things based on what living species looked like. So, we think it looked like a cockroach. It didn't look like a termite. Okay. It may have looked a little bit like a praying mantis. It may have had arms that were a little bit more made for grabbing things. Um, it probably wasn't very, I was going to say it probably wasn't very attractive, but maybe... Maybe it was colorful. We don't know. Um, but it probably had legs similar, the, the hind legs similar to a cockroach where there was made for running. It was probably mostly flat. It probably had a big shield. 
Yeah, so it probably looked a lot like the American cockroach or a living species of cockroaches. So that's basically the closest thing to the common ancestor we have. Yeah, maybe we can have an artist illustrate it, but we probably will never be able to see it in person. Okay, here's the big question. Will cockroaches survive the apocalypse? That's a great question. Yeah, so that's this is definitely the most common question that I get. And this is actually a myth. So I'm going to say definitively, no, no, they will not. Or at least they won't necessarily survive any more than any other organism will. So first of all, cockroaches have survived 250 million years, which sounds like a really long time. And it is right. But what else has survived 250 million years on our planet? Wasps have survived the same amount of time, actually a little bit longer. Lizards have also survived that long and maybe a little bit longer. Grasshoppers and crickets have also survived that amount of time and a little bit longer. So cockroaches aren't necessarily any, any longer lived than any of those animals. Also, some people will say like, well, cockroaches can survive on anything. And it's true that the American cockroach and the German cockroach, which are the uh, species that we are most familiar with as humans, they're really good at living in buildings and homes and stuff because they can survive on low-quality food for short periods of time. But that's not the case for all cockroaches, though. Many species require specific foods, um, specific temperatures and moisture. And if the whole world was destroyed by nuclear bombs, then most cockroaches probably wouldn't have the food that they needed to survive. And even the American cockroach and the German cockroach, which are the ones that live in our homes, um, in order for them to survive, we have to survive also because we're giving them habitats that they need to be able to live. If humans aren't living in homes and our homes are destroyed and they're not warm anymore and they're not moist anymore, then the cockroaches aren't going to be able to survive either. And there's one more thing, which is that people think that cockroaches will survive this kind of nuclear war because they can't be killed by radiation. But that is not true either. Cockroaches cannot survive large amounts of radiation. In fact, they can only really survive the same amount of radiation that humans can. And there are species that are much better at surviving radiation. So I'll tell anyone who was upset, anyone who was disappointed that cockroaches won't survive uh, a nuclear war, I'll tell you what animals will survive a nuclear war. Tardigrades. Tardigrades. <sighs> Do you know what a tardigrade is? Yes, I am very familiar with tardigrades. I think we're going to try to do an episode on them. You should. So yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, tardigrades are microscopic bears. And they're super cute and they will survive in almost any conditions. Okay, so if people want to know more about your work, where could they go? Well, I have a website called roachbrain.com where I write all the stuff about my research. Um, I also have a Twitter account called Roachbrain with an underscore, so Roach underscore Brain on Twitter. Um, yeah, those would be the main places. Once again, that's Roachbrain.com. Dominic, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome, Nate. Thank you for having me. So is that it? I think that that's it. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. Music on today's episode comes from Epidemic Sound, and our theme song was written by Jeff, Dan, and Teresa Brooks. 
And if you're a fan of the show, make sure to check out the showaboutscience.com for more episodes. Okay, Dad, you can shut the recording off. Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference.